0: Welcome to It's Not That Deep, with me, Lucy Woods, a
1: mindfulness teacher, and me, Adrienne Kirk, a psychotherapist. Every episode, we discuss navigating the messiness of everyday life.
0: We know it's a big subject, but we will do our best to discuss it lightly and make some sense of it all.
1: In this episode,
0: we'll be exploring why do we feel guilt, guilty, <laughs> It's really one to to, to explore, isn't it? Because I think most humans, bar psychopaths maybe, have guilt around something. And as someone that's been brought up a Catholic, it kind of feels like it's inherent in all of the teachings um, as a child. So should we start where we always start and look at why on earth do we need guilt as a function of being human?
1: Yeah, because it never feels very useful, does it? But I think originally there is a there is a useful function for it, and we've talked about this with other things as well. But I think that it's kind of related to shame, but comes after that. Somebody a, somebody told me. Yeah, it's a bit more sophisticated, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah, shame. It's got a
0: different kind of feel to it. Yes, where it's not a sort of. Um, I don't know. It, it it does. If it, I don't know. Guilt feels more like there's something we can do about it. It's like in relation to. That's what it is. It's in relation to other people. I was going to say it's well, more. Shame it's, is personal. Yes,
1: exactly. It's 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 much more relational, and it's also something that perhaps we can talk about a little bit. Whereas shame only exists in the silence. Mm. Um, but I think to come back to kind of where guilt comes from, um, I. It seems to me, and I think, uh, uh, it seems to me that, 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 it, that it's, to, it's to help us stay part of the group, right? So it's all about group norms and how we function within a group and to save us from being outcast.
0: Yeah. So we, d- we recognize when we've wronged someone or so- done something that has given the potential to be outcast, and then there's a possibility of rectifying yeah. Or something. So, so, yeah, exactly. We
1: there. Can re- there is a reparation to be to be made. So rupture and repair is, is a fundamental part of human relationships. Yeah. Um, so it's the repair. It, it, it helps us know when we need to repair.
0: Yes. Yeah, if we didn't have that, we would have no knowledge of... And sometimes we don't, I suppose. There are probably things that we've done, behaviours we've had in our lives where... We still don't know to this day that we've upset someone. Maybe they never said anything or, you know, nothing ever came from it. Um, and maybe that guilt didn't register. Although, from the conversations we have, I imagine...
1: I, I feel guilty about things that aren't even my fault. So, I was going to say, exactly, I was going to say, it's funny, my, my reaction to what you last... what your The last comment was, was, was sort of almost diametrically opposite in the sense that I'm good at apologising for things when I assume I've done something wrong and I've got no clue what it was.
0: It seems a little bit British as well to, like, someone bumps into you in the street and you apologise that they've bumped into you. You
1: know, maybe it's a little bit cultural. I think these things are massively cultural because it's about conforming to the group norm and a a group Mm. norm is is created by that group, right? Mm. So, which is why we have cultural differences and why... um, uh, whether that's sort of in on nation terms, you know, there's there's something going around in the media at the moment about about the French being rude and on the back of something somebody said, Eva yeah. Green. Um, you know, so, these sort of generalisations that get absolutely, made. Absolutely, you know that yeah. the, the you know the the whatever it is, the Scottish are tight and the uh, the English are rude and the or yeah, you know, whatever you know that. The, so there's the there is at that level these things exist. There's the there's the broader level you mentioned, kind of Catholic guilt, right? So I think there are there's guilt within religions, which is obviously another type of group. Absolutely within the group, Yeah. yeah. And and then in small groups, right? So within friendship groups, or we've talked before about about kind of class, playground politics, and and the Mean Girl, and all of that kind of stuff. So in in all sorts of groups and family groups, right? So what's What's normal within your family, you know, is not necessarily normal within somebody else's. And <laughs> I'm that, laughing. I don't know, right, um, and that and that whole guilt thing to keep you in line, you know.
0: Yeah. So that that's a really interesting exploration to just think this is a a group thing, but we're in so many groups. Yeah. And. And each group might function slightly differently, have different rules,
1: and we have to adapt to all these different groups that we're in simultaneously. And I think that's where the problems can come sometimes, mm. because you're, you know, you you unthinkingly apply your family rule, uh, you know, to a to a to a friendship group, and then they're not the same thing, yeah. um, or to a relationship, or to, a rela- a relationship. <gasps> to a relationship, relationship, yes, because
0: yeah. that's easily done, isn't it? This is how we do things around here. Oh, yeah. I mean. In my family, there's a lot of, like, everybody talks over each other, as listeners of this podcast may have already heard me do that. You know, it's a thing. And and there's a joke that we put our hands up. Like, you know, it's like, no, 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 me, 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 I've got a point. <laughs> and for someone like my partner, who's much more, uh, well, less likely to be as intrusive. But it's fine. We, we don't get offended by each other in, in my Immediate group. That's what we do. That's what we've always done. (laughs) That's what the generation before did as well. I mean, my grandparents were just as bad. So, so for someone coming into that, Mm -hmm. it's like, are these people rude? Are they just? Are they not listen to each other? There's maybe a little bit of truth in that bit, you know. So, but then imposing that on others, yeah, it 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 becomes it becomes a need to recognise this is a different way of behaving and therefore feeling guilty when I interrupt someone that's not happy to be interrupted.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that there's also something about the guilt that we take with us when we're, when we're introducing somebody from one part of our lives into another, right? So taking your partner into a family group where, you know, where it, where the norms are very different and then kind of feeling responsible for this person and, and and then guilty about how this is all acting and often i think we don't notice what those what those norms are what those group norms are until we look at it from an outsider's perspective that's right and we do that when only when we've got an outsider with us yes yeah, suddenly it's like oh wow the lens of which they might be
0: seeing this group <laughs> yeah. What, what also struck me, and, and slightly sort of deviating away from this um, this group thing and back to mm. just personal guilt, mm-hmm. is I've met people in my life who kind of have a sense that every, it's everybody else's fault that, that they're unhappy. You know what I mean? So but like yeah. almost have that. Whereas I know from the conversations you and I have, we kind of blame ourselves for things that even probably are not our fault in any way, shape. Or form, yeah. but there's that tendency to think, possibly it was something that I did that is causing this person to be upset. So there's like an attunement into someone else's emotion, whether it's sadness or anger or rage or whatever. Even though there's, if we really took a moment to assess the situation, it probably, we'd realize it wasn't us. There's a sense, the immediate reaction is, what have
1: I done? Yes. Yes, and I think that comes from our own experiences of being parented, right? Those are the things that do come from our childhood experiences, um, and and if if you're brought up in a house where um, where where it's uncertain what the rules are, the rules change, um, mm. then yes. then we, we can off we we often feel wrong footed. Um, and then, and then feel guilty that we must have done something. Um, you know,
0: I think we've touched a little bit yeah, on this. I can't remember which have. other podcast episode it is, but this sense that there's instability in the relationship, i.e., you don't know which version you're going to get on any given day. I had bosses like that. Me
1: too. I've had
0: friendships a bit like that. Yeah. Then it leaves that uncertainty. So there's something about that comfort of sort of knowing you can be a certain way and it's always going to be fine even if that certain way might feel weird to other people and yet with some people we meet where we perhaps feel less sure of what the rules are yeah. that's what it is isn't it absolutely because last week when we had this conversation the rules were this way and you would responding to me as if I was a nice person and this morning at work you've come in and you're not talking to me and I don't know why so therefore it must be something I've done because yes. last week you were being pleasant to me
1: yeah I, I, and often that also comes with that sense of but I don't think I've done anything different so now I don't really know what's going on and I think your uh, the attunement comment you made I think is really on point I think I think that that we feel like that if it if it's tapping into a childhood experience right? and then and then it's not it's not a coincidence then that we have had bosses like that yeah. right oh because definitely. because we're we're we've, our antennae are out for it and i think i think that it, it is it is part of um part of empathy and i think i think we we might describe I mean, people will describe themselves as being empathic when they're ab- when they feel like they're able to pick up on what's going on for other people, and they think the more we've had to do that as a child in order to feel safe. Mm-hmm. You know, if we've had a chaotic parent, or you know, I've lots of clients who have had parents who who have been alcoholics, or drug addicts or whatever and and so their sense of childhood is that it is unsafe so they spend all their time being very outward focused on how other people are being so they're really attuned to other people and also that sense that it's their responsibility to keep it nice Mm. and then if it's not nice if 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 something does happen it must be their fault because it's always been their fault
0: Well, they were told it was. It Absolutely. Actually, you know, it's yes. the story I mean, they were told. So yes, that's what's really important. Exactly, exactly. To recognize that. Yeah, there's so much there. And that, it's like empathy can be such a helpful thing in understanding and being able to put ourselves in other people's shoes, but it can go a bit awry when we're over feeling other people's sadness or grief or whatever. You know, that's not helpful to them if we're the ones crying no you know um and this is another example of where empathy can go a little bit awry is that we're so tuned in to someone not being okay and then feel that it's incumbent on us to be fixing
1: or or sorting um yeah yeah and and then then and then that makes us sort of behave in certain ways that aren't going to be helpful Mm. you know either we get we get paralyzed or catastrophized. I, know that catastrophized. I know that for me, you know, I get, when I feel it's my fault, then I get really defensive really quickly. And learning to, to step away from that has been, well, it's still part of the, the, the lifelong work, right? Yeah. And, and it does, it does make things worse because until I've checked out with the other person what's going on, you know, I don't know that it's my fault. And so my response is going to come out of nowhere for them, and and then that's going to feed whatever is going on.
0: Yeah, you've really struck a really kind of uh, something that, that I've, I've tried to do, especially around the written word, is when you read a text, and that text is inflammatory, or you feel that it is, <laughs> and I think we've talked about emojis being helpful here, that actually being able to say, I've just read your text message in this in, in a way that's actually makes is been a bit upsetting to me. Can we tell the cat off the scratching? Yeah, like Maud. Maudie, not allowed to scratch the sofa. Yes, cats make appearances in these podcasts. <laughs> um, you know, not um, but actually saying before I react, can I just check the way in which you meant this before? Because I can feel my heckles rising, and I've actually done that. Like I've picked up the phone to someone and said. I've I've had a really bad reaction to what you've said, please please tell me the context in which you mean this and actually that's been really helpful. They're like, oh no I don't mean that at all or this is what I meant. Maybe there are occasions where it might actually be what they meant and then then we can have an argument but that's okay because at least it will be not an unnecessary one because of misunderstanding.
1: It'll yeah. be a genuine one because of factual stuff. Absolutely, and it's funny. I've I've just done that, so I have just received a text from a friend, in as re- an answer to a question, and it's a one-word answer. And my instant reaction is, well, clearly I've upset them. Clearly oh. I have, because why 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 what other reason could there possibly be for getting a one-word answer? Um being busy would be another one um yeah i have a
0: friend similarly like we had an exact experience like that where i just came back and gave the factual thing instead of like hey how are you Hi, I but i knew they needed an answer and i didn't have time to do all that so i thought it better to give the answer but because it wasn't couched in the usual you know familiarity and, and interest it came across as really kind of uh, um harsh and and therefore they took
1: it as if, as if there was something they'd done wrong. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. It's funny, we're, we're, sort of, we're sort of hedging towards what can we do that would be helpful yeah. here, right? And, and, the, and the, the stepping back from the stories we're telling ourselves and looking at the facts. Um, and also, there's also something about living with the uncertainty, right? So I get a one word response, and until, until I have an opportunity to check that out, I just have to live with the uncertainty that I don't know why it was a one-word response and it doesn't, it doesn't mean necessarily that, that it's my fault.
0: Exactly that, right? So there's that sense of going to the immediate catastrophizing, yes. which could lead to some kind of guilt, in my case, often. So, yes, staying in the present with what we know and so uh, uh, on uh, a course that I teach, I have use an example, like if you send a text message to someone, you, let's say it's a WhatsApp, you see two blue ticks, they've read it, no response. Don't hear back. They always reply. What's going through your mind? Ah. Then, you know, you send another one, only one tick, right? Hasn't even delivered. If you're me, you're like, oh, I've been blocked. They don't even want to receive. Oh, I must have done something terrible. Catastrophizing. And then, oh, when we fly here, three days later, they ring us back and say, oh, when I opened your message the other day, i dropped my phone down the loo, you know. And all of a sudden, (laughs) there we have the real story.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: But what did we do in that interim time? So staying with the facts that I know, yes, they've read my message, they haven't answered, perhaps they're really busy. I'll send another one. So maybe I'll try and reach some other communication other than WhatsApp. To see if something else is going on
1: before I launch into it must be me I'm a terrible person yeah and they must hate me yeah and this is I mean this is where our, our brains you know kind of trip us up right because brains like certainties um, the way they've evolved is to is to create certainty because certainty keeps us safe Yeah. so if we have to live in the present moment going they haven't replied and I don't know why, and I just have to live with that until I can find out, then that causes discomfort. Mm. Although probably in the long term, a whole lot less discomfort than catastrophizing, assuming we've wrecked the relationship and you know, and all that all that comes of that, you know.
0: Exactly. I think you know, being able to sit with that little bit of discomfort is nowhere near as bad as the catastrophes no.
1: that, that we that we um could take ourselves to. Those rabbit
0: holes of of what is possibly going on
1: the trouble is the catastrophes feel familiar right so although they're awful there's also a familiar a familiarity about it that's weirdly comfortable yeah Yeah.
0: but i'm also thinking what evidence do i have that i'm this terrible person that should also always feel guilty for things all the time if i really look at the evidence it shouldn't point to that i actually you know try to be a, a pleasant person and as, as nice as I can as much as I can and so th- there isn't much evidence support to support it but yet that's that's this pattern that this deep-seated kind of pattern where my brain tends to go to and I wonder if we've got time to just touch on the fact that sometimes that should be guilty should feel bad thing mm. you know it is from some of these kind of groups and societal things going back to you know, being brought up a Catholic or whatever, that maybe there's something in what we're told that we should all be guilty because we, you know, my newborn baby, a member of my family, told me that they, he was guilty of the original sin of Adam and Eve, and you know, therefore, he's a sinner, hmm. and I, I, that felt a bit uncomfortable for me, um, yeah. and yeah. You know, I preci- I, I'm i not trying to be disrespectful of other people's beliefs, but being told from a very early age that guilt is what we should all be feeling in order to be the best people that we can. It, it's like a childhood kind of... Uh, it could be not just from parental figures, no, is what absolutely. I mean. It's like other yes. things that
1: are environmental yeah. that we've been exposed to that perhaps... Yeah, fed some of these deep-seated beliefs. I think you're absolutely right, and I think you know, along with religions and also nationally and 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 sort of smaller groups that we're part of. You know, those those things are they're manipulations, right? They're ways of kind of keeping us in line, of patrolling our behaviour. That, yes. that 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 actually, as an adult, when I step back, do not feel helpful. Or yeah. kind so this evolutionary useful function
0: yeah being kind of taken advantage of as the human brain developed um, insofar as actually this is something that taps into being able to yeah kind of to control is probably the wrong word keep us in our place keep us in our place <laughs> yeah I'm sure people are probably thinking about the, the times that that might have been done politically yeah. or, or,
1: or. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All within. All within religions. I think. I think that. I think those are the things that kind of. Do you think it's
0: even things like if you, you you know, at school, like you're never going to amount to anything if you don't do this, you know, if you don't tuck your shirt in, or you know, those kind of things. They're all associated with being a successful human. Could have uh, had first effects really on the way that that we function when it wasn't actually having my shirt tucked in that
1: led to my academic prowess or, no. or not no absolutely no absolutely i think I, th- I think all of these things have an impact and and you you're never going to only have ever had one of them right mm. so so they there's this concatenation i love that that's a good word. i don't even know what it means <laughs> so concatenation of <laughs> events together. are coming together like a crucible or yeah veritable yeah. feast of exactly so that that coming together of all of these things you know that feeds our our self-image right all of that feeds into it and there's all of this confirmatory evidence mm. to suggest that that is how we are we really ought to feel guilty because because look we have all these examples of why it is we need to feel guilty
0: so I'm, I'm now thinking okay well everybody listening is going yeah I feel guilty what do I do yeah what do I do and it's a hard one because we know how much work it takes to even be recognising that this is what's happening on a day-to-day basis. But I think some of the things you suggested around stepping back, looking at the real facts. And, and I think there's something which might be a different podcast in um, kind of s- sitting with the feeling of yeah. it and recognising it's not real. Yeah. And how we kind of work to letting that go.
1: Absolutely, it is
0: possible. People,
1: neuroplasticity—you can a thing. change Yay. things.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. therapy, mindfulness; these things are the work, aren't they?
1: Yes, absolutely. And not making assumptions. So, checking things out with people, you know, yeah, as I well. That's... I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. So, checking out with ourselves: Have I objectively done something that I ought to feel guilty about? Mm. Or am I just re- reacting to a situation? And if I'm reacting to a situation, can I check out what it is I've reacted to and whether that even has anything to do with me?
0: Because these things are habitual. The more yeah. we practice them, the stronger they get. And we need to kind of recognize it's not needed right now if it's not appropriate.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yes. <gasps> uh, gosh, we could rabbit on about this one for hours. Aren't yeah, you this
1: can? could have been a whole lot longer. Better <laughs> <laughs> rein it in. Thanks, Adrienne. Thank you. You've been listening to It's Not That Deep with Lucy Woods and Adrienne Kirk. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe so you never miss an episode?